Thanks, Wesley. And thank you, everybody. Welcome. Thanks for coming and being a part of what we're doing here at East Brainerd. If you are watching online because you are some of the lucky ones who are still gone on vacation, well, we appreciate you tuning in and hope you get sunburned while you're gone. <laughs> and have a great time. Have a great time in the process. You know, this past week, uh, we took my mom down to South Alabama in order to, to meet up with some longtime friends. Thought it would be a good thing for, for us to do. It was intended just to be a nice and relaxing few days with, with family in order to kind of you know, rest and relax and, and recharge after, after my father's passing. And so we booked an Airbnb just off the campus of Auburn University. We packed up the car and we headed south. Now, I told a lot of you that we were going to be gone for a few days this week, and I described how that, hey, look, we're going to be out of town, and there's no agenda, there's no timetable, there's no plans. And you said, oh, that sounds great. It sounds great, right? Wrong. I got up Wednesday morning ahead of everyone, and the apartment was quiet. You could hear the hum of the ceiling fan. And there was nothing to do. Now, Tanya had told me that in situations like this, normal people might read a book. Or, or maybe, you know, just go for a walk. Sit out in one of those nice comfy chairs there on the patio and, and just relax. Well, that might be what weird people do, but I mean, normal people don't do that, right? I mean, normal people like me have to do something. After all, I mean, I can sit at home and read a book. I can go walking around my own neighborhood. I paid money to stay in somebody else's apartment. I better be going to do something, right? Because if you don't, I mean, you're just wasting time and you're, you're wasting money. These are hours, these are minutes that, that we were never going to get back in our life. And so I went out and got into the car and started driving around town. And I scheduled a meeting with a local minister to talk about what he was seeing happening in his church with young adults and college students after COVID. And I called up some old friends who lived about an hour and a half away and began scheduling dinner plans. I secured tickets to a minor league baseball game. That was an hour away. And by the time that I was done, I had scheduled 400 extra miles of driving and trips for us on this relaxing, go do nothing, stay in Auburn little vacay. That was more like it. Places to go. People to see. And guys, the irony of all this is that during our do-nothing week, I was supposed to be preparing this morning's message about the simple concept of slowing down. <laughs> I'm not making this up. Not doing it. I mean, that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. That's what we're going to talk about. And so I have to say at the beginning, hello, my name is Chris Barnett, and I'm a hurryholic. By the way, this is a picture of me at the Montgomery Biscuits baseball game. If you go and watch the Montgomery Biscuits, guess what you get to have while watching the game? Biscuits. Man, isn't that awesome? Now you can get your hot dogs and all that kind of stuff, but who wouldn't want to go to a baseball game where you can eat biscuits? <laughs> It's awesome. I, I, I recommend it wholly. You know, we, we laugh about, laugh about uh, what took place this last, last week, but 
But I want to be honest with you about something. I have what I have heard described before as hurry sickness. I have a difficult time relaxing. In fact, since I'm being honest, I get stressed when I try to relax. I feel guilty whenever I take time off. I feel like I'm participating in some secret sin when I take time to read a book for pleasure as opposed to reading a book that has something to do with ministry or my role here as a minister and elder. And I'm concerned that time away might be considered by some to be slothfulness. So I return calls when I'm gone. I respond to text. I send emails. I plan sermons <laughs> on slowing down. Even when I'm supposedly off the clock. Because the truth is, I never feel like that I can be off the clock. Now look, I, I doubt that I'm alone in this thinking. In fact, I'm sure that many of you have hurry sickness as well. Now, you might have a different job than I've got, but, but we each have the same malady. We just can't slow down. We can't slow our, our body down. We can't slow our mind down. And we can't slow our soul down. And then we hear Jesus say something like this. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, having all these burdens, and I will give you, say it with me, rest. What is that? I mean, really, what? We, we read that, I will give you rest. And we're like, rest? What is that? What is, what is rest? And I'm here to say this morning that I believe it is the simple result of being a true follower of Jesus. A true follower of Jesus. Let me flesh it out a little bit. If you're new to us, we're in the middle of a simple series of lessons that is considering how following Jesus is perhaps a lot more simple than we actually make it out to be, or maybe we have even been led to believe. You know, Jesus does not present religious hoops that we have to jump through. There are no theological prerequisites that we must cover before we can be his followers. You don't have to have any kind of specific upbringing. It doesn't matter what's in your bank account. Anyone can be a follower of Jesus. He just simply asks you, follow me. Come on, follow me. Watch what I'm doing. Listen to what I'm saying. It's that simple. Now, I want you to notice, I did not say it was easy. I said it was simple. There's nothing easy about the teachings or the life of Jesus. There's nothing easy about denying self. There's nothing easy about learning how to love others the way that Jesus loved us. And there's nothing easy, certainly, about pledging our allegiance to Jesus as King and Lord. It's not easy. But at the same time, it is also not complicated. Jesus says, follow me. Come to me. And he says, I will give you rest. You follow Jesus through the Gospels, and you're going to be hard-pressed to find any time where you would say, you know what, Jesus was just always in a hurry. Intentional? Yes. Determined? Absolutely. Diligent? Certainly. But hurried? I don't think so. In fact, you could say that Jesus intentionally determined to eliminate hurry from his life. He withdrew from crowds. He scaled back from being a part of activities. And guess what? He taught his followers to do the same. Once when his disciples had returned from an adrenaline pumping and, and teaching and healing tour, Jesus told them, hey, let's go off by ourselves. 
Let's just go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. Now raise your hand if that just sounds awful. Go ahead. I mean, right? I gotta, I gotta have some twins out here. I gotta have some brothers from another mother that, that, that are out here that's just like, that just sounds terrible. Finally, somebody in the back, his wife, Ted, him, held his hand up. That's what it was. I said, yeah, it just sounds, it, it just sounds terrible. You see, earlier Jesus had sent them out to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God and to share its healing, and now they were back. And I want you to imagine the excitement that they had. The twelve getting back together, reunited with their teacher. They could not help but want to talk about the things that had happened. Peter is describing a lame man being healed. John is talking about a crowd that he taught. Matthew, well, he's there reporting about the healing of a blind woman. Jesus, well, he's hearing all these individuals share. James is saying, look, there were these crowds wherever we went. It was so awesome and it was so cool. And apparently, apparently things had gotten so great. They'd had such success that the crowds just continued to follow. And now remember, these were just ordinary dudes. These were not individuals who had special schooling. They were not orators or doctors or scholars or saints. They were just ordinary dudes who, by God's power, had taken the Jewish nation by storm. And they were in demand. And so Mark's gospel shares that there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. Didn't have time to eat anything. Now, for some of us, that sounds like a badge of honor. Like, wow, and they didn't have time to eat. I bet one day God is going to reward them by saying, well done, good and hungry servant. You didn't have time to eat. You were working so hard for the Lord. You were taking care of your family. You were preparing for the future. You had everything out in front of you. You were grabbing it all by the hands. Man, you're too busy to eat. Well done. At least that's what we think. But Mark doesn't share this insight as a commendation. You see, Jesus urged his disciples, slow your roll. Slow down. Come spend some time with me. Come recharge. Come rest. Friends, following Jesus cannot be done at a sprint. And some of us, are running ourselves to spiritual and perhaps physical death. We're just in too much of a hurry. And you cannot go faster than the person who is leading. And for some of us, we are so far out ahead of Jesus, we can't even turn around and see him anymore. But we're doing the work of the Lord. We're taking care of our family. And we're doing everything that our mom and dad told us to do. And we're doing all the things that we were raised up to do. But we are so far out ahead of Jesus. So how about you? You got hurry sickness? Let's take a test. All right? Do you find yourself constantly speeding up daily activities? Anybody here like to do that? Do you read faster? Some of you guys put your books like on twice the speed you're listening to, right? You do that. You read faster, you talk faster, you listen faster. Some of you are great at finishing other people's sentences also that you can move on to the next conversation or the next meeting because you've got to get the next thing done. How about this? Do you pull up into what you believe to be the fast lane at a traffic light? 
right? Light turns red in front of you, and what do you do? You start checking out the other cars thinking, hmm, that Corvette's going to go a lot better than that station wagon right there, right? It's like, I know which lane I'm going to get in. I'm not going to get caught behind that big truck. I'm going to get over because I've got to get there quick. How many of you consider the arrival time on your GPS app as a personal challenge? Man, I do. When, when we left Auburn on Friday, man, it gave me the arrival time to get back to my mom's. Beat it by two minutes. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I did. And I, did, I felt there was, there was satisfaction in that. And I, I, it, just, it just kept, you know, coming over me. Now, granted, as soon as we got there, the car doors opened. The kids were like, bathroom! You know, they're jumping out because we don't stop. <laughs> we don't stop. That GPS doesn't say, you know, stop here. I mean, that doesn't know. Uh -uh, this is what time you're going to get to your destination. I'm going to beat it. Anybody here get depressed if someone in another grocery line checks out before you do? Right? I mean, you chose, and now you get self-checkout. I mean, you go to Target, you go, you go to Walmart, you got self-checkout, and you're eyed up going, okay, 10 items. Who let that person in this line? I have no idea. And you're like, oh, I'm going to get in this one. And then something goes wrong, and you look, and, and there she is walking out ahead of you. You're like, oh, I knew I should have got over there. Man, knew I should have done that. You have hurry sickness. Despite all your rushing around, do you, do you find that you're still constantly behind? Right? You, you, do you ever find that? And then so what do you do? Well, you multitask, right? Especially when you're in the car. So you make phone calls. And you listen to e-books. And you eat your food. And you drink your coffee. And you shave. And you apply makeup. You make crude gestures. All at the same time. You do all this at the same time, all because you, 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 you're just, uh, I'm behind, and I've got to hurry up, and I've got to catch up, and I've got to get the office 15 minutes earlier than I got there yesterday, and I got there 15 minutes earlier than that yesterday, but I'm still behind. When you go on a vacation, can you never seem to relax? You can't sit still. You can't sleep. You can't enjoy the moment because you're stuck going back over a past conversation in your head, or you're focused on a future project. I know, I'm getting personal now. How about this one? Have you discovered that you have a diminished capacity to love and to be loved? Guys, love and hurry are incompatible. You can't do both. Love takes time. Love takes time, and, and time is something that people who hurry never have a surplus of. And a lot of you have probably experienced something that is called sunset fatigue. Sunset fatigue. It's when you come home at the end of the day or week to those who, who need your love the most, but you're just unable to give anything. You're too tired. You're too drained. You're, you're too preoccupied. And so you get home and you find yourself rushing still. And then you find yourself rushing others, even when there's really no need. And so you even make up mock races. 
All right, kids, let's see who can take their bath the quickest. Right, the quickest one who can get into the room, who can get under the covers first, that's the one that gets the story tonight. Here we go. Ready? On your mark, get set, go. You can't slow down unless you take that drink. You can't sleep unless you take that pill. You can't relax unless you... What? Guys, hurry sickness, I don't think it's a personality disorder. Some of us talk about, hey, look, that's just the way, that's just the way that I'm wired. I'm, I'm wired like my mom or I'm wired like my dad or, man, Papa, and he was just the same way. I remember being with him, and I don't think it's a personality issue. I also don't think it's the result of poor planning. That you know what, if you just had a different um, organizer, if you could just schedule differently, if you just got your Google Calendar synced with everything else, that everything, it would, it would just all be better. I've decided this week that hurry sickness is the sign of a God-depleted soul. And that's why Jesus says, hey, let's go off to a quiet place. And let's rest. But Jesus, I, I just don't have time. I mean, man, did, didn't you see these crowds? Didn't you see this healing that was going on? Don't you know what I've got on my schedule? Don't you know what has to be taken care of? I don't have time. In Luke chapter 14, Jesus was invited to participate in a Sabbath meal at the home of a very prominent religious leader. While there, he interrupted all, everything that was going on in order to, to heal a man who was in attendance. Now, the other attendees, they were in too much of a hurry to get the best seat around, so they didn't bother with this guy, didn't pay him another thought. But every person and every moment was precious to Jesus, so he touched the sick man and he healed him anyway. And then, knowing that the people who were present were missing something, Knowing that the people who were there, there was something that was just missing from their life. He tells this parable known as the great banquet. Now, when you, when you see the image of a banquet that's used in Scripture, it's used metaphorically. And a banquet is a metaphor for the place where God addresses the deepest needs of his people. And so you see this being brought up in some parables. And you see it more literally in the Passover meal or in the Last Supper. Banquets are the places where God meets the deepest needs of his people, where people can come and be filled and be fulfilled by God. So in this particular parable, you have the master or this king-type king figure that represents God, and he invites people to a feast where they're going to be able to sit down and they're going to be able to rest and their needs are going to be met and they're going to be fulfilled. And once all the preparation is, is ready, he sends out the servants with the invitation saying, come to the feast. But the people that he invites are apparently already full. They're not very hungry anymore. And they're extremely busy. They're extremely busy. They got way too many things going on. And so it's not that they didn't want to come. It's not that they wouldn't like to be there. But maybe if they had just planned a little bit better and scheduled a little more, if they had had a little bit more foreknowledge. But they just can't stop to come and to sit down for just some meal. And here are, the, here are the excuses that are given. Number one, the, the first guy says, I just bought a field and I have to go and inspect it. 
Now this is a kind of a reference to personal gain. And he's saying something in our day and time. You know, we just got this house, right? I mean, we just bought this house and, and, and you know, we're just not going to have the time that we used to have before because we've really got to put a lot of effort and energy in this thing right now. I mean, we bought this house, and we're going to hopefully flip it, and we've been watching HGTV, and we know exactly what to do. We know what to tear down, and we know what to put in, and, and we just don't have time because this house is going to keep us busy. We've got furniture to buy, and we've got colors to pick out. So we're not going to be able to make it to the banquet. Second person, well, they give this excuse. I just bought some new oxen. I just bought some new oxen. I've got to go try these guys out. Now, it's a reference to work and responsibility. It's not that the person does not want to go. It's that he or she just cannot go because there's just too much going on. Business is booming. It's expanding. They've made it a significant investment, and so they have to follow through with that investment. They need to keep at it. It's the busy season, after all. Maybe in a few months. Maybe if you talk to me next year. Because after all, time's money. And things are full. The calendar's full. And so they just can't come to the banquet. The third person gives this excuse. The third person says, well, I just got married. I mean, I just got married. And he says, I got married and, and my wife won't let me come. <laughs> you know, I asked her and she said, no. You know, I appreciate the invitation, I do. It's a reference to relationships. And you've said it before, there's just so much right now going on in our family. So much going on. Maybe when the kids are, are out of school or when we're not having to travel so much. And so I'm just going to have to go ahead and say no to your banquet. Thanks, but no thanks. And so the invitations to the banquet are delivered. And the people, they come up with all these different excuses. I'd love to come, but just can't. Got too much going on, too much work, too much play, too many relationships, too much religion, too many things going on. I just, just can't stop. So I've got to go do something. And I can't just sit down and eat a meal. I don't have time to eat. Guys, their problem is our problem. They just don't have room for God. They don't have room for God. Author and pastor John Ortberg encourages us in his book, The Life That You've Always Wanted to ruthlessly eliminate hurry from our lives. He says, this doesn't mean we will never be busy. Jesus often, he says, had much to do, but he never did it in a way that severed the life-giving connection between him and his father. He never did it in a way that interfered with his ability to give love when love was called for. And he says he observed a regular practice of withdrawing from activity for the sake of solitude and prayer. He says, Jesus, he was busy, but he was never hurried. And guys, I just wonder if for a lot of us, we, we just feel like we have so much to do and we have, we have organized our life in such a way and we have gotten into this habit and we've just made up all kinds of excuses and we've said well this is the way we are and this is what I do and and we become okay with not having time for God you said wait a minute Chris I'm here at, I'm here at church I got time for God that's not what I'm talking about though some of you should be here more 
So the people are not slowing down long enough to eat. And no one's coming. So the master says, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go find people who aren't so full of themselves. We're going to go find some people who, who don't have so much to do. We're going to go find some people who aren't in so much of a hurry. So he says, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the towns. Let's hurry and do this, he says. Let's invite the people who are the poor and the crippled and the blame and the lame. Or the blind and the lame. That's hard to say. The people who are not in such a hurry, he says, let's bring them in. So go out into the country, to the lanes and behind the hedges and urge everyone you can find to come because my house will be filled. He says, go find people whose lives are not so stuffed. You invite them to come to my table. Invite them to come and rest. Invite them to come and eat. Invite them to come and be filled. But those people who got the invitation the first time around, they're not going to get the smallest morsel from my banquet table. You understand what he's saying? The people that deny the invitation of God will never find rest. They'll never be filled. Never be able to relax. You see, because we have stuffed our lives with so many other things, and because we find our identity and worth in what we do and in what we earn and in what we achieve, we can't slow down. And it is precisely because we have sought to satisfy ourselves apart from God that we cannot slow down long enough to enjoy the things of God. It's this cycle that we've gotten ourselves in. Because our hurriedness causes us to miss the laughter of our family. We miss the beauty of a sunset. We miss the opportunities to share comfort and healing. We miss the banquet. We miss the food. We miss the source of our deepest need because we're hurrying right on by. There's something else that we've got to do, somebody else that we've got to see, someplace else that we have to go, another phone call, another text, just one more email. So years ago, a newspaper in Tacoma, Washington, carried the story of a basset hound named Tattoo. And that's not tattoo, but basset hounds are just cute. So I wanted to put a picture up of it. So there was a basset hound named Tattoo, this long-eared, short-legged pooch. He didn't intend on going on an evening run, but when his owner shut the leash into the car door and took off for a drive, <laughs> Tattoo had no choice. <laughs> a motorcycle officer noticed a passing vehicle with something that appeared to be trying to keep up from behind. And as he passed the car, he saw a tattoo. And so he sped up and, and got the driver's attention and, and stopped the car. And by the time that the car pulled over, the dog had reached a speed of 20 to 30 miles per hour. Poor guy had rolled over a couple of times. Now don't worry, tattoo was okay. All right? It's not that I don't have a picture of tattoo because I couldn't. All right? Tattoo's okay. Tattoo was all right. But this is how the article concluded. The article said, Tattoo is fine, but is not asked to go out on an evening walk in a long time. <laughs> Guys, there are too many tattoos who are trying and failing to keep up with life in our runaway culture. And some of you are living proof. Just like me. What if we what if we were willing to learn a new and more simple way? 
Our hurriedness is a sign of a God-depleted soul. It's why Jesus says, let's go off by ourselves. It's why he tells his disciples after they've had this wonderful experience of doing some great God things. I mean, they were killing it. I mean, they were hitting all their sales goals. I mean, they were, they were doing everything they'd been asked. If they were in your business, they would have been next up for promotion. Raises were on their way. It was awesome. And Jesus says, let's just go rest a little bit. Let's get away. Let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle at heart. And he says, you will find rest for your souls. Friends, if you are like me, and you find it hard to slow down and rest, it is not because it's the way you're wired. It's not because well, you're in it to win it. It's not because, well, this was just the example that you were set. It's because you're too far out in front of Jesus. Because Jesus took time to rest. And he calls his followers to do the same. And look, I want you to understand Jesus' invitation to follow him. It's not to hurry out the door and join a church. It's not to, all right, I gotta hurry up. I gotta get closer to Jesus. I gotta get closer to God. I gotta get a part of this small group. I gotta go to this Bible class that's gonna come, gonna come out here and start in just a few minutes. I've, I've gotta get involved in this ministry opportunity. I said earlier that the banquet is a metaphor for that place where God addresses the deepest needs of his people. And all those things that I just mentioned the church attendance and the Bible classes and the ministries. Again, those are great things. And like I said, some of you need to be doing more of that just because well, that's what God, God has called you to be people who are worshipers. And he's called you to be people who are servants. And he's called you to be people who are in his word. But all that religious activity is not your deepest need. The people of Jesus' day, they had religious activity. They knew about hurrying to the temple and they knew about hurrying to see the priest and they knew about hurrying to offer sacrifice. But Jesus offered something different. He offered something more simple. He offered time with him. And guys, that's your deepest need. We all need to spend more time with Jesus. He's the answer to our God-depleted soul. And only when we find our worth, and only when we find our identity in him, will we truly ever slow down. It's that simple. Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn from me, for I am humble and gentle at heart. And you will find rest for your soul. Do you need that rest this morning? Then can I just ask you to be kind of open and honest like I was earlier? 
Do you mind coming before this church family and saying, I would love for you to pray for me, to pray for my family? Because here's the thing. My kids watch me, and they're learning that getting ahead of Jesus is okay. They're learning that it's all right to be in a hurry. They're, they're learning that it's, it's okay to rush from one thing to, to another. Never to sit still and never to relax and, and, and never to rest. And they might one day say, oh, this is just how my dad was. This is what dad did. But it goes deeper than that. So maybe you need to come this morning and say, you know what, I need you to pray for me. I want you to pray for my family that we would just slow down. That we'd stop being in such of a hurry so that we could appreciate the things of God. Maybe you need to come this morning and say, you know what, I've been running away from God and it's time for me to hurry to him. I want to be baptized into Christ. I truly want to come to him and find that rest. I don't want my soul to be God depleted anymore. I want to come to him because my greatest need is the salvation of my soul and it's only found in Jesus Christ. Guys, whatever your need is, and we have one of our um, elders in our back prayer room if you'd like to go privately and talk to someone. Whatever your need is, I hope that you would be willing and to share it, to be transparent this morning. We're going to sing about the king that is our Lord and Savior. We're going to sing about how that he rules over our life and how he is the source of strength for us. And while we sing about that, why don't you come, slow down just for a minute, and enjoy the peace that comes from God. Let's stand and give him praise.